in this episode of What the Prophets Say, join me, Emma Stark and Sam Robertson, and we are talking about the sin of counting how many people you have in your church. Join us for a controversial episode of What the Prophets Say. Hello and welcome to another episode of What the Prophets Say with me, Emma Stark and... Sam Robertson. That was a very extended and... How are you, Sam? Yes, I'm well. I'm a coffee in hand and ready for I am drinking sparkling water with electrolytes in it. Well, that's very healthy of you. It is very, very health, health conscious. It's very health conscious, <laughs> is, isn't it? It's so I don't get cramp from sitting so long recording, but there we go, the joys of that. So, Sam... We had pakora for lunch, as we do when we come in to do these podcasts. I think it's why we come to this space. It totally is. <laughs> so that we can. The, the pakora is very good. The world's best, Yes, it says on their signage. But I think actually they're, it's true. That is definitely true. And look, you guys have heard about our pakora life um, and the, the lunches <laughs> that we have with this pakora. So you'll have to come and visit from near and far at some point. Can I tell you, my freezer it. is full of it. Yeah. I bought bags of I'm it yesterday. I'm going to buy some of it today. Yeah, Bacora and The salad. last time I saw you buying bags from it, you were with Jessica and you came out with a crate. A large box, a that's large correct, box, yeah. into my freezer. Yeah, I thought, yeah. <laughs> They're very good. That's how, yes. that's how good it is. Yes, we do love uh, uh, Indian food. Brilliant. Right. I do feel, Sam, in today's natter, do we natter? Is that the right word? Chit chat. Chit chat, natter. Put the word to light. Strident opinions. I don't know. Um it's good to come back to compare and contrast the victorious church, which we believe in, yeah. versus the successful church. Yeah. And the victorious church being under the leadership of Christ with a spirit-led persona and then the um, successful church being under the leadership of the best ideology of man. Yeah. And just how different the victorious and the successful yeah. church are for compare and contrast. And I want to talk about numbers mm -hmm. and the counting of numbers. And let's go into um, First Chronicles 21. Mm. And it says this, Satan rose up against Israel... So here we have the demonic coming to a nation and to a people yeah. and wanting to lead an entire set of people away from the best and the highest of God. Yeah. That it's not just that Satan comes against an individual, but he can deceive whole communities and whole people groups. Yeah. But Satan rises up against Israel. And here's what he does. Verse continues. And incited David... Yeah to take a census of Israel. And here's the deal. David, King David, should have been at war, but he remains in Jerusalem. And this is where we tip into the Bathsheba debacle, oh, yeah. where see, he, he sees Bathsheba. There's a sentence. He <laughs> sees Bathsheba bathing on the rooftop and seduces her and kills her husband to, to have his you know, sexual perversion moment. And in the middle of all of this, he's in the wrong place. He's doing the wrong thing. And Satan has told him to count Israel. Yep. And yet we know from Exodus 30 verse 12, it was forbidden to count the Israelites. This is reinforced by Hosea chapter yeah. 2. You know that the Israelites could not be counted. And we're kind of 
leaning into, I suppose, the Gideon concept that you are supposed to, on occasions, reduce the number of troops to prove that we don't play numbers games. And that to guard control, authority, impact, influence is not measured in numbers. Success is not measured in the church ever in numbers. And we see this because Satan incites David to take a numbers count. And how deeply offensive that is to God. And Satan's aim is to move us from the trajectory of victory into worldly success, which is always a numbers game and a numbers conversation. Now, Joab, who, if you want a Bible trivia quiz, is a soldier, David's soldier. There's about three actual named soldiers Soldiers. in Scripture. If you can name the other two, you will win prizes. But Joab is named. Uh, Do you know who they are off the top of your head? Well, the mighty, not the mighty men. They, See, the mighty they, men no, are not named as soldiers, they're not are named they? As soldiers, they're named separately. Uh huh. Cornelius is named as a soldier. Joe, there's only three Joab, in scripture. Cornelius and yeah, yeah. Do you know who the third soldier, given a, a first name in scripture, is? Not the centurion because he's not given a first name. You've thrown me off. With I've that. totally thrown you off. Sorry, we were going in a different trajectory. The have, three named soldiers in scripture: have, Joab and Naaman. Oh. There we go. Naaman, Cornelius and Joab. You totally threw me off with that. Totally. Uh, yeah, Bible Thank trivia. You. Anyway, anyway. so but Joab is in the middle of all of this and he's the one that David says, you go and number the trips and Joab knows this is a sin. He does it anyway. He's won the battle against the, uh, the Amorites that David should have fought. And so we see that change comes not because I can get mass agreement, not because I can get political heft. See, there's the real issue for many nations. Oh, if we can just get the right person in political office, if we can just have the right number, number, if we can just have this mega church movement, if we can just get the masses, if we can just have this large gathering, Gathering. you mean the world will change if we have a large gathering. And yet you're not supposed to number the people of God. I mean, the Bible is clear repetitively on that, that that is a satanic incitement. That's a wild thing I'm saying. It is. And it, I mean, it literally, you know, there's the take of the census, but the other, you know, the RSV, the most uh, accurate of translations, literally says Satan stood up against Israel and moved David, David to number Israel, to count them. And so you see this, that, that it's demonically led. And it's all about the measure of success. Are large gatherings wrong? No. no. Are large movements of people towards a common goal wrong? No. no. Are numbers, uh, uh, you know, large churches, mega churches, you know, definitely wrong? No. no. But what is the measurement of success? And what do yes. you, what is your yes. value? And what is your drive? And ultimately it goes against even the, uh, the, the, the flow of the kingdom of God, particularly in the New Testament and with, you know, Gideon and, and others where God likes to do things in small groups of people and he likes families. And I love, you know, even I was reflecting on Nehemiah again. We taught on that years ago as a company, as an organization. But the, the sense that Nehemiah assigns people into family groups and does things in small groups, yeah. even there to take responsibility and in that there was 
a success. And so this challenges. I do also think numbers is not just about people. I think we live in a world where followers and likes and yeah. comments and shares very much are the the goal to be successful. Where you're not successful unless you have you know th- followers in the thousands, unless you yes. have likes that number this amount, unless this amount of people share or comment on you, yes. and you can see how really quickly you then start to build or lead or speak. Yeah motivated by numbers and I think mm-hmm. that's probably why God is like my kingdom's not a numbers it's game it's not a numbers game so I'm going to push this in to tell you what I think the opposite of counting numbers is and the problem as you said a political heft of mass gathering of stadium events boy oh boy yeah. do we need to watch the heart motivation mm-hmm. of stadium events we really do. now there is something that thrills your heart when you see loads of Christians yeah. worshipping together or loads of Christians in agreement there is a joy yeah, there's a beauty in there it. is a beauty in that you don't want to detract from that but the heart motivation must be right and not to be incited yeah. to take a numbers mm-hmm. as your, your as a place of self validity so what I think is happening here is, and these are two odd things to contrast, it's Satan incites a numbers game in David, but where should David have been? He should have been at war. At war. And I would want to say that <laughs> you need to beware that you don't play the game of successful church at the expense of spiritual warfare or warfare. And that victory and victorious church and the church that God's backs is the church that goes to war versus the church that is wired for numbers. That when you have spiritual warfare, a spirit-led deliverance, um, exorcism ministry, the things that are to do with, victory, with yeah. victory and war and taking down an enemy and extending the kingdom of God by warfare, that that is in this scripture the opposite to the numbers game. Wow. So you can see in some particular nations, and I think most have a tendency in this direction, to want the celebration of the large numbers where you are actually going almost for lowest common denominator of agreement to keep everybody on the same page. And lowest common denominator agreement usually means there's no spiritual warfare because that takes a yeah. certain sort of agreement that you can't can't get in mass rooms. Why? Because you can eat with most people, you can have coffee with most people, but you cannot war with most people mm-hmm. because of the level of agreement and trust it takes yeah. to write out the enemy. And so I think there is a beware, beware, beware that you don't play an anti-spiritual warfare game for the sake of the lowest common denominator of a numbers game. And Satan uses numbers to distract us out of warfare, to distract us out of victory. It becomes a distraction. And look, it doesn't matter the amount of people that you have in a single room doing a single task. If you don't deal with the principality, if you don't take out the power, you will only have a little portion of victory. You will only have a little moment of excelling or exceeding or growth. And ultimately, we know that in small rooms, God can shift entire nations where they 
there is a small group of people agreeing in a warfare capacity, warfare-minded, to shift a territory, to shift a principality, yeah. to shift a power. And it is in that place that truly the kingdom of God yeah. gets established. So I think in the numbers game, what you get is wrong control. Interesting. You practice protection of what you have. We often talk about the pr- pr- protect and defense yeah. mindset. And you lose in that wrong sense of controlling the numbers and lowest common denominator, you lose offensive occupation and radical impact. And I do think that is the difference. So in all of that, here is what happens to spiritual leaders who reject war, but like counting. And this is brutal. So we're we're in, again, 1 Chronicles 21. And evil spirits are playing with David because he's got obsessed with a certain type of control, Mm. order and size. That then invokes a weird kind of evil oppression. There's a territorial spirit that I think you watch in that. I've got numbers. Here's my territory. It's what you see in a lot of denominations. So David is demonized at this point by this numbers game, territorial control, control, order, size, scale. Yet the man is writing scripture. I find that wild. He's demonized, yet he's writing the Psalms. (laughs) So it's not that, you know, it's not necessarily they're not used by God. But here's the deal. He has to choose his punishment. Yeah. God says to him, choose your punishment for this sin. So I think the Lord is saying, watch, watch for the leaders who are godly, yet at the same time are plagued by evil spirits because they want territorial control rather than expansion of the kingdom of God. And the Lord is asking for people to release their control tendencies back to him so that they can be conduits for his glory that ultimately will change the land because they will become those who God can put his glory in because they're not wired for their own territory or their own, look at me, I've got the biggest church. And I think if... In this numbers game, you put your value in numbers and your value in counting, then the ebb and flow of being part of the kingdom of God, which is he prunes the fruitful vine, that there is a Gideon's army, that sometimes there are large numbers, but actually there are seasons where God gathers a remnant. You get disproportionately shaken to your core yeah. when those seasons of pruning or refining or the remnant being gathered, you get shaken when your value is in numbers. And the one yeah. step beyond that is you then resist it because yes. you want to hold, defend, keep what you've got because numbers are the goal. Numbers are the success mark. And whether that is your numbers of your likes, your followers, your platform, or the people with whom you have leadership responsibility for, if you get your value from that, yeah. you will be shaken when God says, okay, you're fruitful, now I prune you. Okay, yeah. now it, now it's a season of refining. Now it's a Gideon's army day. Now it's time for a remnant. If you are not in a group of people who are practicing spiritual warfare on a regular basis, you've got to ask some questions. Mm. Are you godly 
but capped. Wow. Are you godly, yet there is an open door to evil spirits like David has because of the disobedience of refusing to have a warfare yeah, strategy. This is, a massive, this is a massive deal uh, that you can spend your time in big events but not change a single thing because it was absent of any strategic spiritual warfare. And I do think we talked before about when you go into green rooms or you go into particularly unity meetings with church leaders, there is a, an ugly set of few minutes at the beginning oh, where yeah. people are trying to find their pecking order and how do people find their pecking order nothing to do with spiritual weight nothing to do with spiritual maturity who's got the most people in their church it's always on congregation size which can I say is very little to do with spiritual impact absolutely very little to do with spiritual impact and so we we understand that when you tell truth you gather and that is important that there is the honouring of broadcasting anointings like we're sitting in here and the dissemination of truth But I do understand because I've stood in enough platforms around the world to know this to be true, that there are times where you're thinking about or the church leader said to you, this has happened to me quite recently, look, don't say anything too controversial. I need a decent offering. I need money in because I've got a mortgage to pay on this church building. So Emma, we want you, this is actually said to me recently, we want you to come and be a truth teller, but just don't go here, 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 here and here because if you do that, I'll not have money in the offering. I mean, that was said to me recently in a recent trip. Don't be too truth telling, Emma, because I'll not get the money in the bank. And the sense then of, well, well do, do you want to be part of something that's not a truth-telling... Having impact, yeah. Having impact, you know, yeah. is, that, is that what we want yeah. for, our, for our churches? Or we've stood enough platforms to know that sometimes for an easy life, and I get it as a church leader, sometimes, sometimes you, just you just want, want a moment easy. of an easy life, you say something that's not too controversial or you say something that's not too bold or you tame yourself in or you don't say, come on, let's go to war, because you know people go, oh, flipping heck, not again, can I just have a wee quiet seat? Can you not just put a, a settee or a couch, a sofa in the church can we not just have an easy day why are you always at cast out that demon bring down that strong man advance the kingdom of God? please stop it for a moment and then people don't always sit with no, that and, and no. you do get some loss in all of that but here i think in first chronicles 21 verse 1 and the rest of the chapter when david must choose his punishment for not going to war you see the validity of spiritual warfare and being on the battlefield versus sitting counting your numbers or your offering yeah because numbers doesn't always equal agreement and Correct. agreement is needed for impact and for victory yes. in spiritual warfare there it goes and just because you have many people doesn't mean you have much agreement and you can shift something with four people who are in agreement and shift nothing with 4,000 people who are not in agreement. Truth. And when we're talking about warfare, we understand the principles of when we agree together, things happen. Yes. And actually, sometimes God doesn't need the 4,000 in a room who are not of one heart and one mind, although there, if that is an expression of worship, we bless it. Actually, what he's looking for, where are the four? Where are the 14? Where are the 40 who are of one heart, who agree? There for it is. is on them that they will be victorious spirit. Uh, I do think that we are going to see a whittling down of some churches because God actually wants there to be uh, that that agreement in yep, the midst of I them. Agree. That actually, look, what is the point of being there if you're not on the page? If it's not quite scratching your itch? If you're if you're not minded to really be supported? Yeah. What well, just just go somewhere else? You know, 
because actually I do think we will see that. Yeah. That is a thus says the Lord yeah. in the sense of God whittling down some things to the point of Gideon's trips like agreement, an agreement for the spirit-led, agreement for spiritual warfare, agreement for a Holy Spirit deliverance in the name of Jesus, agreement for revelation and the word of the Lord, agreement for things that pertain to the spirit of God that is now the sense of where the church needs to be, spirit-led, which is a damning indictment of the fact that a lot of our churches, therefore, are not spirit-led. Background to success versus victorious churches. And so God saying, watch, 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 that you don't end up on the wrong side of this Mm. argument. Watch the heart motivations where you are looking for agreement in the in the wrong thing yeah. and watch that you're not incited by Satan to weep and wail yeah. if you don't have economies yeah. of scale in measurable um, people in front yeah. of you. Because actually, I think when you then drop into what we were talking about a few podcasts ago, Numbers 25, mm. where you have the sin of the nation um being judged by God, the sexual sin of the nation, and Phineas, son of Eleazar, one man arises. Yeah. It's like it's like Deborah, and um, you know yeah. when, I, when village I, life arose. had ceased yeah. until I, Deborah, arose, arose a mother in Israel, and the arising of Deborah as one with the agreement of Barak, and the outlandish behaviour of Jael and the tent peg. Um, the sense that one or two in the right place mm-hmm. tips the balance. Yeah. Let's just be honest about this numbers thing here because I think Mm. it'd be really easy to go, well, I'm not a number, I don't, you know, do a numbers game. I think it's really easy to slip into and have good intentions at the beginning. You know, oh, look, we're having impact. Isn't God good? You know, oh my, you know, isn't God good? There's gathering. Isn't God good? Look at, you know, that went viral and people are hearing truth. You know, we get excited by that. And then before you know, if you're not careful at pulling yourself back into the victorious church mindset rather than the successful church, you start to then measure your impact according to numbers and then it becomes a drive. And so I don't want us to just sit and kind of go, you know, that church leader or that church leader. I think in us, because of our humanity, there often are days where there is a temptation to fall into that and to measure things and to count and to Uh get a sense of success or even ego out of numbers. Mm -hmm. And it's in that place that we need the short accounts where we pull ourselves back into, you know, oh, look, that message is going far, but God, you're good. And ultimately it's about what, you know, your kingdom being established. It's interesting because obviously we broadcast and you do feel... um, celebrated if you yeah. if you can see a podcast that's got a lot of listeners beside it a lot of numbers attached to it some of the things that I've done certainly that would have a more viral nature to them and you're in the hundreds and hundreds of thousands of watches sometimes I just go oh really yeah. because you got to really watch that because partly that you then just feel a ton more negative comments. And very exposed in public. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it, put, put that thought to one side, that's not really where I'm going, it's just part and parcel of it. I think it's more the sense that you then accidentally become a spectator sport yeah. where people like the wild of the prophet yeah. and they like to watch, watch it from you. a distance yeah. rather than come into agreement. And it's the agreement yeah, for war 
that I think is really the measurement. And so if you've led a small church and you've not seen the breaks that you you would want, um, don't reject yourself under a wave of self-criticism, but ask the question, Am I shifting things in the spirit by our strategic mandate for spiritual warfare? Am I keeping the atmosphere uh, clean and pure over my region? Am I taking even atmospheric territory and grind so that the kingdom of God can come and I'm releasing deep warfare intercession uh, and we're so spirit-led that God is able to smile on the nation because of our agreement on warfare in the spirit. Yeah, that's really good. Is there agreement? Is there agreement? Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. that's what that's what spiritual warfare requires. Yeah, yeah, interesting. Yeah, really good. Well, we bless you to take this thought and yeah. to reframe how you think about spiritual warfare and about numbers. Yeah. And about the fact that you do need a military strategy for your area. Let me say that again. You need a spiritual military strategy for your area. If I come to your church, you should be able to give me an elevator pitch, a 60-second conversation on what your military strategy for your area is. Come on. There we go. There we go. In fact, can I tell you, Dave and I were talking about that last night. What's our military strategy around releasing the voice of God? Yeah, come on. You have to have one. You have to. You do. You have to have one. Otherwise, what are you left with? Absolutely. Counting people. Counting people. A sense. To massage your ego. Yeah. Right. Well, another interesting conversation, Sam Robertson. Thank you for joining us for this episode of What the Prophets Say. It's always a delight to have you with us. See you again soon. Thank you for listening to this episode of What the Prophets Say with me, Emma Stark. If you would like to go deeper with us, you would be very welcome to join our network, the Global Prophetic Alliance. You can find that at propheticscots.com, where we have a comprehensive training program to lead you into deeper realms of the Spirit of God and encounter. If you feel a call in the pull to deliverance ministry, you can download my latest e-course, which is a comprehensive overview of getting people free from demonic oppression, you'll find that at demonbusting.com. Join us on these different platforms for more interaction with Emma Stark, Sam Robertson and the GPA team.